Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and you can receive an all-access subscription to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month. On today's episode, I'm joined by Will Guillory and we're going to talk Western Conference. Will, what's up? Uh, I'm excited to be on, man. Uh, apparently the people were calling for me to come back and I'm here. <laughs> I, I give the people what, what they want, man. That's what I do. Hey, you gave us a little taste on the Saturday show of what you can do on a podcast, and I said, okay, this guy's coming back. Hey, listen, uh, you're going to be sick of me in the next couple months, though. No, man, <laughs> I love doing some podcasts. You know, me and you have a great relationship, man, and I'm always down to talk some NBA. So anytime you want me on, I'm here. Thank you. I love it. Uh, so I've got eight questions about the Western Conference. I tried to get 10. 10 just, it just felt like too much, so we're going to do eight. Uh, eight. Eight playoff teams, eight questions. So the first question is, of the two top teams in the Western Conference, who do you believe in most to get to the Western Conference Finals? And the two top teams right now are the Jazz and the Suns. (laughs) What a weird thing. Neither one of them are from L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Right. How crazy is that, right? Uh, But, man, I I just think, first of all, I think we got to give both of these teams, you know, a ton of credit for what they've done this year. The Jazz, you know, taking that first-round loss last year and using it as motivation, you know, bringing that game to another level. And, -hmm. obviously, Chris Paul doing Chris Paul things in Phoenix, kind of lifting that team up, you know, from mediocrity up to the top of the West, which is insane insane yep. but uh man I, I i love what utah is doing but i'm a huge believer in cp and devin booker i, I think those yeah. dudes are really figuring something great uh, out there in phoenix I, I love me some monty williams i think he's an amazing coach yes. and they got a, a great core group of young guys there but i really want to ask you a question because I, I every time i watch phoenix i love everything about them but there's mm-hmm. one question that just sticks in the back of my mind and it's deandre ayton and as much as I like some things about DeAndre Aiden, I think there's some real questions when we get to the playoffs. And I wrote down four names. If they get if they get into the playoff series, DeAndre Aiden versus Rudy Gobert, DeAndre mm-hmm. Aiden versus Anthony Davis, DeAndre Aiden versus Nikola Jokic, DeAndre Aiden versus Yusuf Nurkic. How is he going to match up versus those guys? How much can he hold his own? And if there's a real mismatch between him and those guys, I think it's going to swing things in the West and in particular with Phoenix. So I think that's the big question in the West right now is how much is DeAndre Ayton really ready for that big stage and going against some of the top big guys in the league? Yeah, I would say if his past performance is an indication of what he's going to do in the playoffs, then uh, I just think in my head, he's going to get smashed, 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 <laughs> smashed by this guys. Because he just, it's funny. He's got, he may be more skilled than some of the guys you just listed. Uh, he is an incredibly skilled center and has the potential to be the best offensive center in the NBA. He's got that in him. But he just doesn't play with force. I know, man. And it kills me every time because. Those turnaround jumpers. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he's bigger and stronger than most of the guys that you listed as well. And. He just doesn't play like it. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't play with the force that he needs to. And maybe they will awaken that within him. But until I see it, I'm just, I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical. But I, I'm, I'm shocked at how much I, I looked into the Suns. And I'm shocked at how much I believe in them to actually get to the Western Conference Finals. They have the second best point differential in the NBA. I know. Since and February, some, they're first. Some, some of that. Some of that is this is a weird season and there's 
injuries to the Lakers right. and Anthony Davis mm-hmm. stuff re- really does matter. But this team is also super good. They have good role players on their team as well. I mean, the Miami Heat, they're in search of a Jay Crowder-like hmm. player, and that guy's in Phoenix. Phoenix. Like, he's he's a winner. This year. He, he's having an ag- amazing year coming off the bench. And I, I, you got to give a big shout-out to Monty Williams because I would have put Jay Crowder in that starting lineup so long ago with the way mm-hmm. he's playing. But he's sticking with him uh, with the bench, off the bench because yeah, I, I guess he likes the, the mix they got going. But, yeah, I think he's playing amazing. Everybody, you know, has been heap, heaping love on McCall Bridges this year and what he's been doing. Yep. He's the next big thing as far as 3 and D guys in the league. Cam Johnson, I got to rep my UNC Tar Heels. He, he's doing his thing this year. So, I, I mean, that roster is stacked. I think I think the big question for me with Phoenix is we talked about DeAndre Ayton, but backup point guard as well. I, I like campaign. He's doing some good things. Uh, Etuan Moore, you know, I love me some Etuan Moore. He was here a couple of years in, in New Orleans. My guy, Uncle E. Uh, but, you know, in a big playoff moment when Chris Paul's on the bench, uh, I think teams are going to just start throwing all type of traps at at Devin Booker and forcing the ball out of his hands. And you got to have somebody else out there that can make the game easier for those other guys. And I'm not sure they really have that person quite yet. Uh, But I mean, you know, that's a small issue. But I think, you know, every little thing is going to matter when you get into these big games. And I think they got some 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 small holes in their rotation they got to fix. But I really love what they're doing in Phoenix, man. The, The way they're playing right now, the confidence on both ends of the court. Uh, you can't give enough credit to Chris Paul for the second year in a row. He's done this, man. Kind of lift the team up yep. and, and took them to the next level. The point guy, man, still at it. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Next question I have for you is, what are the Nuggets missing? Because this team made it to the West Finals last year. Obviously, like the like Jeremy Grant is like the thing that sticks out the most. But how do they turn this around? How do they get even close to where they were last year? Yeah, I think, first of all, uh, it would be nice to get bubble Jamal Murray back, wherever that guy <laughs> went no to. He, he was go? looking yeah. like a Hall of Famer in a bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he's kind of back to regular Jamal Murray now. Uh, do we have another internet? Okay, cool. Uh, getting Jamal Murray back would be uh, helpful, but I think uh, they just got to get a little bit more uh, comfortable in what they're doing outside of Jokic. Uh, I think, obviously, Jokic is playing at an MVP level. He's been incredible this year. But I think some of those other guys that we've seen in the past that were great for them, like a Gary Harris, like a Will Barton, Monty Morris, I feel like those guys just aren't playing as well as they did in the past. And who knows, you know, it may be injuries, who knows. Uh, I just think those guys got to pick it up a little bit more. And, uh, and again, I think in a playoff situation where Jamal Murray is going to get more minutes, more opportunities, I think he may be better. But you've seen a guy like Donovan Mitchell take his game up a level this year, and I feel like we haven't quite seen the same thing from Jamal Murray for whatever reason. What do you think? Yeah, I I totally agree. I think Jamal Murray flourished in the bubble. I think there was something to the rhythm of being there and doing the same thing every day and being in the same place every day that just really helped teams. Obviously, it very much helped the Miami Heat. I think that it helped Jamal Murray. And thrown back into this, and not only like thrown back into the NBA, but thrown into the, such a weird season, I think that we're going to look back and just talk about how did, how weird this was and how it affected some players. And I don't know if this is Jamal Murray. Like Jamal Murray's still like 21 points per game, four assists, four boards, you know, shooting almost 40% from three. Uh, but the, he's not a megastar. Like I, <laughs> if after, after last year's playoffs, if you would have said, hey, Jamal Murray's not making the all-star team, I think someone was, people say, you're crazy. Of yeah. course that guy, that guy, of course he makes the all-star team. 
Has anybody even talked about him as a snub? No. I know people don't like the snub conversations, but it, it's still a conversation <laughs> that we have. And no one's no one mentioned his name. No, I remember back when people were saying, man, you're crazy for throwing Jamal Murray and Bradley Bill conversations. Why would they ever do right. that? And I was right. like, please, would they, they would kill to make that trade right now, probably. No kidding. Yeah, I feel like they do need to do to do something because Nikola Jokic has been unbelievable. Been I mean, crazy. He, <laughs> 27, 11, 8.6 assists. And then the efficiency is I think only uh, it's he's basically having a Larry Bird season. Like this is a Hall of Fame type of season for him and he's just not getting it from anybody else. And some of it is that they are trying to work in Michael Porter mm-hmm. uh, who's 22 years old, who's still trying to figure out who he wants to be. And sometimes bringing in the high-level talent is a great thing for a team. But he's still trying to establish himself right. as a player. And he has the mentality of a number one and he's not there yet. And I think that has messed with things. And maybe if you're, and I think there are teams that will take this approach and the approach is we're just going to see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to really maybe make a trade over the summer or we're going to really push for next season. And maybe the Nuggets are one of those teams. So where are you just overall with Michael Porter Jr. in Denver? I think we all love him as a talent. We all see him having a bright future. But just his fit there next to Jokic and Murray, just how do you feel? Do you think they should be looking at him as a big trade chip? Do you feel like he should be untouchable? I guess where are you right now with Michael Porter? I think if you could – if. If he's the ticket to getting you a guy like Bradley Beal, do it, do it now. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's where I stand there. But I'm not just shopping him just to shop him because right. he's still growing. He's still very very young. He's not somebody that I would just trade to trade. But if if you have an opportunity, like if they had an opportunity to get James Harden, I would have done it. Mm-hmm. If they have an opportunity to get Bradley Beal, if he go comes on the market, which he's he's not right now, but if he ever does then yes, I would do it. Uh, but I wouldn't just trade him to trade him. I would I would see how he develops because a guy with his size, with his scoring ability, there's just none of them in the NBA. Man, his shot making is crazy. Uh, the way he kind of just jumps 10 feet into the air and just can hit, you know, contested threes over anybody. I watch yep. and I'm like, man, that's the perfect kind of guy to put next to Jokic in that weak side corner whenever they send a double. Just swing it over to Michael Porter. doesn't even matter. He's yep. going to hit that three every single time. Uh, but I think, like like you said, he's still got some growing to do defensively. He's got to improve. It'd be nice if he cut to the basket, you know, for the game, winning layup, <laughs> you know, when that's available. Oh, my gosh, that <laughs> killed me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, you know, he's still got a lot of room to grow. I think if I'm Denver, I will try to hold on to him as much as possible just because we don't really know the future with Jamal Murray. We know he's a very good player, but if you want to upgrade, I think Jamal Murray would be the guy I would turn to probably before Michael Porter Jr. I don't know if that's a hot hmm. take or not. It's kind think, of a hot take. I like it though but i think you know i think there's a ceiling with jamal murray maybe i'm wrong maybe he, he's he's got another level to grow but I, i'm starting to feel like there's a hard ceiling right now with that murray Jokic duo if that's going to be your two best guys mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and i don't think they should start looking now but i think maybe they should start considering hey maybe this is the best we'll do not where they are currently but you know second round at best you know, with this current core and, and do mm-hmm. you really want to stick with that or do you want to make a, you know, big, big swing and go after somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just all about who it is. And 
and Beal's obviously a guy that fits pretty much anywhere. anywhere. And I think he would be unbelievable next to Jokic. <laughs> I think he would be so good. Oh, those backdoor cuts. Oh, my God. It would be like yeah. unbelievable. So good. Uh, okay, third question. Is there a trade out there that could shape the Western Conference? You touched on Phoenix's backup point guard as as kind of a hole that they have. But mm-hmm. there's players that are available in the West, kind of in the bottom rung. I'm thinking P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, George Hill, Al Horford, Harrison Barnes, J.J. Redick. Any of those guys move the needle? Is there something else that you think of that, that could help any of these Western Conference teams take the, the next step? That's interesting because I don't think any of those names in particular uh, would swing much. I, I like P.J. Tucker. I would love to get him to a contending team. Uh, mm-hmm. Al Horford as well. I don't, I don't know if there's really a, a good fit for him in the West. Uh, but I think I think the Clippers are the team I'm kind of circling because I, I like what they have there. Of course, Kawhi and PG are playing incredible this year. Uh, some of the role guys have been up and down with injuries and stuff like that. We, we're kind of used to that with the Clippers. You know, they go through that during the regular season. Uh, but I still f- kind of feel like they need a little bit of a punch in the arm just to kind of get them up. I, I think with Phoenix and Utah kind of jumping up to the elite in the West and obviously Portland's there lurking, Denver's lurking. Uh, I feel like the Clippers need to kind of make some kind of small move just to give them a little bit more punch in that second unit. Uh, I feel like the Lou Kennard thing hasn't worked out the way they wanted it to. Uh, Lou Williams right. is kind of taking a little bit of a step back. Uh, I feel like they just need a little bit more somewhere. I don't know where to get it. Uh, I feel like just another perimeter creator whenever you know there's they don't have... Kawhi and Paul George out there because I feel like when I watch them it's just all on those two guys to do so much because mm-hmm. obviously they play Pat Beverly at point guard he's not your traditional point guard they don't really have a big who can create for himself like a Montrez did last year uh, so I feel like those guys have so much on their shoulders and when we get to a playoff environment we know it's tough to just ask two guys to do everything. You need kind of mm-hmm. that, that that X factor to come in that game three when you need that twenty points that you didn't expect coming. And I, I really don't know where it's coming from on that roster. Yeah, I mean, Lou Will's that guy. We know Serge has some experience, but. Who's that guy in a game four on the road that they can look to and be like, okay, this guy will show up for us and have a big game so we don't need Kawhi to have 35 tonight? I, I really don't know. You just made me horrified about the Clippers because <laughs> we know it's PG in the playoffs and it is not he's not shown up mm-hmm. in the last several years in the playoffs. So, I mean, that's – that is scary to me. I always think George Hill, and I've, I've watched George Hill mm. up close and personal this year in OKC, but I feel like George Hill would be a perfect fit. I love that George team. Hill. He, he's still got it. He's injured right now, but he'll, he'll come back and be fine. So I feel like he fits in with what they want to do defensively, and then he's a really great release valve for those guys as well. And can he can he can still score at some on his own. Yeah, I so mean, I feel like he he'd be a cheap a cheap uh, fix for them. Yeah, watching the the Pelicans this year, I've been screaming in my head the whole time. I mean, why would they go after Eric Bledsoe over George Hill? Man, I, I think George Hill on this Pels team would be lovely compared to what Eric Bledsoe has done this year. I think you're exactly right. George yep. Hill is kind of a, a a really good name. I, I'm mad I didn't think of that one because I, I think he'll be a great contributor to a playoff team if he lands in yep. the right spot. He's got to get healthy. That's all. But we know that guy has played in so many big playoff games. Man, you put him in with the right team, he can figure it out. Yep. Okay. Spurs, Blazers, Mavs. Who do you believe in more? 
Spurs, Blazers, Mavs. I got to go Blazers. I, I think that's what I, wanted. I had a couple notes here I wrote down uh, for myself. And I think one of my big questions going into the second half of the season is just Portland's injury situation. It, it feels like they've always got something going on in Portland. Yep, and, and, you know, now yep. CJ's out, uh, Nurkic is out, and they've still been able to hang around right there at the fifth seed. Uh, Dame's having an MVP level season. Uh, Gary Trent has played really well for them. Yep. Carmelo has been, man, crazy. It's been all right. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, this guy was out of the league <laughs> a couple years ago, and now he's been unbelievable for them this year. Uh, but I think I think once they get CJ and Nurk back, I think that's my big question. If that's the team that can make a jump and become a real challenger in the West, along with Utah and Phoenix, because we because I think people have forgot CJ was playing some incredible basketball before he got hurt. He was career high in three point percentage, putting up a career high three point attempts. I mean, getting to the basket, he was doing some crazy stuff. And we know Dame is just a killer. He, he the best cut clutch player in the league this year. So when you have those two guys and if CJ can get back to that form, Portland's going to be very very dangerous. I love that team. I love their chemistry. You know, Terry Stotts has been there forever. They know who they are when they get to big playoff moments. And I think that's something we don't we can't quite say for a team like Phoenix yet or even the Clippers really. So I, I think yep. Portland's going to be really dangerous, but they got to get healthy. <laughs> Lord knows in Portland, that's always a big question. Can they keep that roster healthy, uh, especially when a guy like Nurkic, because we know how important he is. Uh, but I think that's my big sleeper in the West right now is Portland. Yeah. Yeah, CJ McCollum is uh, cleared for contact in practice, and so he should be reevaluated in a week or so and could be back. And then Nurkic, I'm glad Nurkic, it's his wrist. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's not a lower, yeah. you know, body injury for him. I think that's a good thing for the Blazers and he'll be reevaluated soon as well. So they could be close to full health and maybe I just jinxed it all by saying that, but they could be <laughs> close to full health in the next, you know, month or so. And then, yeah, they are going to be dangerous and they have something that a lot of teams in the West don't have. And that's continuity. Mm-hmm. That they all know how to play with each other and that's that's a big deal, and so and that and we're seeing that with Utah. That's one of the reasons why Utah is having such success is because they all know how to play with each other in this strange season. Uh, that's that's pretty important. And it's crazy okay, again. Next, I don't oh, want to yeah, be ahead. the I don't want to be the hot take guy here, but again, I think we got to have this conversation right now. If you had, if you had your choice of anybody in the league, you're down three points with a minute left in a game. Is there anybody you want more than Dame? Like, is there literally anyone else in the league you want more than Dame in that situation? Probably not, just just because of the range. It's, it's he, unbelievable. He'll take it from wherever, yeah. I mean, that's, what that's he's doing this is year is crazy. It. Yeah. I mean, you Steph is definitely up there, clearly, but uh, Dame has done it. We've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> seen I don't even mean do. just one shot. I mean, like, we're, we're in the situation. We've got to get a couple guaranteed buckets here. we got to make sure whatever the defense throws at us, we've got to answer. I feel like Dame has just figured it out. No matter what you, you want to trap him, I'll just shoot it from half court. That's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you play me mm-hmm. one-on-one with a big guy, I'll just isolate him and hit a step back in his face. You play a small guy, I'll drive past him and get to the rim. I, I think, man, the, the level he's at right now, it's crazy. And I think if he can maintain it going into the playoffs – I think he's going to be scary for any of those teams in the West that get that catch him in that second round. It's one of those yep. teams like L.A. or Utah that feels like, oh, this is our year to make it to the conference finals. You're going to have to right. go through Dame at some point. And I hope yeah. it ain't close late because <laughs> then it's Dame time. 
I would not. Yeah, if I'm Utah, I would be horrified at them being four or five right now. That would be that's that's a scary place no for them to be. Okay, next question: The Pelicans. Hey, what are they doing here? I know those guys. Well, what's the what's the what's the goal here with the Pelicans? Are they just going to kind of see how this plays out? Are they going to make a push for the play in? What's what's the plan here? I was uh, looking at the standings last night, and it's hilarious that you and I are doing this podcast because. I think the the big question here is how the hell do the Pelicans and the Thunder have the same record right now? It's this is not what is there's going something on? wrong with the universe here. <laughs> the Pelicans have Zion and Brandon Ingram, and they have the same record as OKC, who has Shea and like a bunch of guys who will basically be bench players for the rest of the league. No disrespect yep. to Al Horford or George Hill to those guys, but like I mean, you got to give OKC a lot of credit, but you also just got to shake your head at the Pelicans, man. And I think yep. you know uh, first of all. Uh, I'm a summon Stan Van Gundy and all the Zoom interviews I've done with him this year. Uh, they got to get it together on defense, man. Uh, yep. Since February, yep. the best offense in the league, the worst defense in the league. It's unbelievable considering I sat through so many of those Zoom calls during training camp, listening to Stan Van Gundy saying, we're, we're spending hours on defense. We're getting all the fundamentals together. We're talking. I'm spending time with B.I. and Zion telling those guys how important defense is. We bring in Steven Adams to help us on defense. We bring in Eric Bledsoe, help us on defense. And they've been one of the worst defensive teams in the league. He's tried switching up schemes. He's tried switching up the rotation. And none of it has mattered. And I think what you your initial question was, I think they got to just get to the point where, man, they got to shake this roster up. They got to they got to make some type of move. They got to you know, change the faces in there just because I, I think they've tried everything up to this point. And it just hasn't worked. And, and it's one thing if they were just kind of bad, like if they were 22, you'd be like, wow, sure. that's disappointing, you know, but you would expect mm-hmm. them to be a little better. But it'd be the worst in the league. I mean, the, the Kings are still in the league. <laughs> the, 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 the Minnesota Timberwolves are still in the league. And you're the worst defense in the league. That's insane to me. And they just got to get it together, man. And I think it goes from top to bottom. Everybody's got to be better. And, and you know, Stan Van Gundy can't go, you know, untouched here. He's got to do a better job reaching those guys and making sure his message gets through. Just because they got way too much talent. Again, no disrespect to the OKC Thunder. They got way too much talent to have the same record as the Thunder, a team that came in. We were all expecting them to be in the K Cunningham sweepstakes. And, right. and they're not even close at this point. <laughs> they're they're mm-hmm. pushing for the for the playing tournament just as much as the Pelicans, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, you look at the Pelicans roster – and you'd think, oh, they could probably have a decent defense. It's not the pieces, right? I mean, what is it? What is it? What is what's the what's the issue? Well, I think one, I, I gotta you know go back to Van Gundy. I think he's gotta do a better job getting through to those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Two, uh, I think that the big two acquisitions I mentioned, Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe, I thought those, I, I think they thought those guys would be much better than they have been this year defensively. Stephen Adams was really good early in the year. Through the first month or so, I was telling everybody I thought he was the third best player on the team, which you know mm-hmm. you're probably not in a good place if Stephen Adams is your third best player. As much as we love right. Stephen, but I, I just think he's kind of tailed off. Eric Bledsoe, I don't think he's been anywhere near the guy we saw in Milwaukee, and I've just been calling pretty much. 
since the start of the year, I thought they should have put Josh Hart in the starting lineup to kind of help them out defensively. And I just think those two guys have, be, have to get a lot better. I think Lonzo Ball has taken a, a pretty decent step defensively this year. I think B.I. and Zion, they're still not quite where they need to be, but I think they've better, they're better than they were last year. I think especially Zion, I think he's showing some real steps. Uh, but yeah, I think all of those guys have got to be better. And I, I, just watching them, I don't really think they feel comfortable in what they're doing on a night-to-night basis. I think they kind of switched the schemes up, pick and roll coverage a few different times. The rotation has been, you know, up and down this year. I, I just think they got to really establish just a level of comfort of what they're doing over like a two, three week stretch. And that for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to do it. And for for once in the history of the New Orleans Pelicans, it's not because of injuries. <laughs> they, they've been pretty yeah. smooth as far as injuries all year, but it's just the play on the court just hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned OKC. In the last 15 games, they're number two in defense, <laughs> which is wild. Wow. Uh, one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They're 29th in offense. So we have like a very... Uh, a yin yang situation exactly. here with the <laughs> with the Pelicans and Thunder because they are they're total opposites. Well, we need to do, uh, we need to bring that back to Katrina days. Combine New Orleans and OKC, <laughs> right? And we had the best team in the league. <laughs> that's right. The best offense. You let the Pelicans play on offense and you let OKC play on defense, and there's no way you can stop them. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so I mentioned we mentioned OKC and New Orleans. We'll bring in Golden State and Memphis into this conversation too. Of those four teams, who's most likely to make it to the playoffs? They're all within reach of the play-in. Who, who would you put your money on if, if one of these 9-10 teams makes the playoffs? Who's most likely? I think I got to go Golden State just because of the Steph Curry factor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's playing so well. Draymond is playing really well. Uh, you know, I think some of those role guys have been up and down this year as far as Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, James Wiseman has been a saga all year with him. But I just think, man, that that foundation they got there with those two top guys and Steph and Draymond, they just know how to win games. And they've been through everything. They know how to play together. Big fourth quarter situations. They know how to get good shots. So I just trust what they're doing there. Uh, defensively, they're starting to take a real step in the right direction. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that once James Wiseman really starts getting big minutes again, how that affects them defensively. Uh, but I just think what they're doing night to night, I really like. Steve Kerr has done a great job with that roster. Uh, again, you got to give credit, you know, to their front office staff, finding guys like Juan Toscano, Anderson, you know, yep. Mulder's a guy that's giving them some good minutes this year. Mm-hmm. They always find these guys in the G League out of nowhere that gives them some type of effort in that eighth, ninth man role. And, but I think, again, just Steph, man, you got to trust him once we get to these late season situations. He's going to hit some big shots. He's going to figure out the win game, figure out how to win games. Uh, but I think the other uh, interesting one, uh, we talked about the injuries with Portland. Uh, Memphis is supposed to get Jaron Jackson back relatively yeah. soon as well. And that's the one I feel like people aren't talking about as much because that was a huge loss for them. And they figured out mm-hmm. a way to kind of piece it together without him. But if you can have that front court rotation where you got Valanchunas, Jaron Jackson, Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark. Man, that's a pretty decent foursome. And then you got John Moran at point guard. That's really good. I don't know if you can get Mm -hmm. all of those guys minutes, but, you know, I I think they've got a lot of different options. They can play you. They can go big. They can go small. They can shoot threes. And if John Moran can, can, you know, make a big jump here, if he smells blood with the the playoffs right there, 
I think they could be a dangerous team, but we got to see what Jaron Jackson looks like. I think that's the big question. He's been out for a long time, uh, but if they can get him back into the groove of things, uh, they can be dangerous as well. Yeah, with all the struggles that they've had with with COVID issues and Jaron Jackson not being there, they're still 500. Mm-hmm. That's they're solid. That's a solid team. And yeah, I think I think they are kind of a dark horse. I think it's easy to look at the Warriors and say, yeah, that's got to be the team. But the depth that Memphis has with these young guys, they just have like some of the toughest young guys in the league. They just always find them, it's, huh? Yeah. They've done a good job. They've done a really good job picking in the middle of the first round. And, you know, that adds, it's starting to add up for them, mm-hmm. which is which is very helpful. All right, next question. If you're Minnesota or Houston, which one should be more nervous about their lottery situation? Minnesota's pick is top three protected. Mm-hmm. Houston's is top four protected. They're both down there in the dregs of the league. Uh, which fan base should be more nervous Man, I, I got to feel like it's probably Minnesota because I, I feel like, you know, they they look like the typical team that's probably uh, that's going to end up being better than they should be during the back half of the schedule. If they can get Carl Anthony Towns, you know, going, D'Angelo sure. Russell comes back healthy, uh, Anthony Edwards, if he can make a step, you know, in that second half of the season. And shout out to my guy, Kelly Eco, man. <laughs> I, I've been hearing from him, yep. you know, ever since hard left, man. Houston is struggling, right now mm-hmm. it's bad in houston 13 in a row 13 and i know what that's life like because i experienced a 13 game losing streak last year with the pelicans it is not a good place to be i promise you that and there's no zion hanging around the corner to come save them in the second half of the schedule so yeah i think houston has a, a real good chance of being the worst team in the league during the second half of the year which is insane man to think how how quickly they've fallen off and we can get into a whole different conversation about how they handle that james harden trade and, and where they are right now uh, but I, I think, yeah, if I, if I'm a guy that's a, a really, if I really want Kay Cunningham to be on my team, I think I will feel much better if I was rocking a Houston jersey than Minnesota. Uh, cause it feels like no kidding. We can get into our conspiracy theory bag here, but it, it always feels like coincidentally <laughs> when one of these superstars get traded away, the team ends up with the number one pick next year. I don't know if you've yep. noticed that. <laughs> I, I've seen it a couple times here in New Orleans. So, you know, I don't think it would, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it wouldn't shock me if Houston yep. ended up with that number one pick next year. Well, are the Lakers still the favorite? And if not, who you got? Ooh, this is an interesting one right here because I've got a lot of thoughts on this. So first off, I, I think if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy, I, I, I find it hard to believe anybody can beat them four times out of seven in a playoff series. I just want to get that out there first and foremost. I think those guys, and we know LeBron's going to take it to another level once the playoffs start. Uh, I think we know Anthony Davis is going to take it to another level once the playoffs start. He's got enough of a background now that we can feel comfortable in saying that. Uh, but I think Anthony Davis and that injury situation, I think is one of the biggest stories in the league right now. Not only for mm-hmm. this season, because obviously, like you said, L.A. came in as the, the favorite. But I think for the long-term outlook for that franchise, I think it's something we've got to keep an eye on because they've they've got a a, a very interesting tightrope they're trying to walk because when you got LeBron and AD, you should be in championship mode right now no matter what. But we've seen this Lakers franchise fall off fast, you know, once they've yep. lost their superstars. And as great as LeBron is, we know that AD is the future of that franchise. 
And that that Achilles ain't nothing to play with. Uh, I mean, we saw no. how unfortunately it took the wrong turn with Kevin Durant a couple of years ago, and he's just getting back right. And I think that's mm-hmm. the 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 last thing you want happening in L.A. is LeBron on his way out the door, AD suffers an injury, and now you're back counting lottery balls because guess what? They don't have their picks. <laughs> They're all down here say. in New Orleans. Yep. So I think that that's what you don't need is this thing falling off quickly because you're pushing AD. And we and you know I was here. In New Orleans with AD. He was very self-conscious about the injury thing. He doesn't like being called injury prone. He made a point of kind of shedding that, you know, label when he got to LA. There wasn't any more trips to the locker room every time he got hit in the in the back or in the face or anything like that. And I think he's a guy that wants to do everything he can to help that franchise win another title. But they've got to be smart about their future, man. I think it's something that you got to be really scared of if you're the Lakers and how they handle him and how he how much he pushes himself. Because as great as winning championships are, when you you have that opportunity, when you have a guy, a max level guy, a top five player like AD, he's got to be the priority. And, and pushing him to get back, I think, would be a huge mistake for them. I think it's a great point. And this roster's pretty volatile because Montrezl Harrell – basically came there to get paid. Mm -hmm. He's taking this year, and it's maybe not going as well as he would have hoped it would have gone uh, because they're using him like they should be using him, (laughs) where it's like, yeah, you're not going to close games. And and he's played less since Anthony Davis has been out, and that's because he doesn't defend at a high enough level Mm -hmm. for them. And I, I don't know that he's exactly getting what he wanted out of this deal. And so maybe he doesn't stick around. Dennis Schroeder needs to get paid too. They've talked about contract extensions with him. Haven't seen anything come about yet from that. And then after that, like, who are you counting on? We've got uh, Kyle Kuzma is a guy that's going to be up and down. Alex Caruso is a guy that he's, he brings it every night, but the guy is averaging like five points a game. Like this is not right. like somebody that's going to really give it for you. And then you got future Hall of Famer, Taylor Horton Tucker. Come on now. Right. <laughs> I, I like Horton Tucker a lot. A lot. Top five point guard just, all time. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if he wasn't in LA, would we even know his name? I would know his name because I follow the draft. Who else would know his name exactly. if he wasn't in LA? I still remember those talks uh, before the season. Everybody saying, man, Taylor Horton Tucker, he's going to be this, this yep. the guy that swings it in the West. I'm like, okay, let's see if he gets minutes <laughs> when the season starts. <laughs> swings it in the West. I know people said that. It's a wild statement. Yeah, I turned on the TV the other day and I saw Jared Dudley out there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I, I, he was playing backup center, right? Wasn't he? He was. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Things have gotten a little desperate in L.A. And it, it is injury related. And it's the the easy crutch. And you talked about this to begin with is if Anthony Davis and LeBron are healthy, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. And I still believe that. But he's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what he's going to look like. And we've seen like Kevin Durant had that Achilles injury after having problems with it before. And so that it's very concerning. Uh, so who are you going with? If let's say Anthony Davis is not healthy and it's more important to the future of their franchise to let him, you know, get back slowly and they're going to go for it next season. Who's your favorite in the West? If it's not the Lakers, as much as I've kind of raised concerns about what they're doing and the way they're currently built, I still feel like I got to go, uh, the Clippers, 
just because Kawhi, yeah. we know what he does in big playoff moments. And as much as people love, love to make fun of playoff P, I'm still a, a playoff P guy. I think he's going to get it together in this year's playoffs. I think he's got something to prove. Uh, if Pat Beverly's healthy, we know he can defend some of the best point guards in the league. I like their big man combo with Zubac and, and Ibaka. Uh, Batum has given them some good minutes as kind of a swing guy. Uh, so I think they've got all the pieces there to figure it out. I think Ty Lue is going to help them a lot. In playoff situations, just talking to people who yep. have worked with Tyloo in the past, everybody kind of says, hey, you're going to see the Tyloo effect when they get to the playoffs and the way he kind of makes adjustments from game to game. I think that's the big reason they wanted him in that job. I think he's going to make a real impact for them in the playoffs. So, yeah, I like the Clippers. I think Phoenix will probably be right there behind them. But, again, mm-hmm. I just think some of those young guys, we got to see them in big moments before I'm ready to say – they can win a game seven on the road in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if I'm ready to say that quite yet. Yeah, I think it's shaping up to be in a, a really exciting playoffs in the Western Conference. It's going to be amazing, there's, man. There's a lot of good teams. It's going to be amazing. I think the playing tournament is going to be fun, man. If we get Steph and yes. John Morant and maybe oh, Zion in the playing yeah. tournament and Luka, I mean, how crazy is that going to be? You could have Steph versus Luka. And the plan, oh my God. which would be unbelievable. unbelievable. <laughs> Give me that. That's what I want. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, thanks for joining the Daily Ding today. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're following all of Will's coverage on The Athletic. You can get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. Go to theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. You can get this show ad-free, all the other podcasts that we have ad-free, plus Will's wonderful writing. So go check it out. Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys again later on this week.